This ESPN Chicago podcast is brought to you by Cover 5, the free-to-play sports game. This week, Cover 5 is giving you a shot at $50,000. How? Download the Cover 5 app or go to Cover5.com. Pick five games against the spread. And in week five, if you make the perfect five picks, you win $50,000. Cover5.com. Welcome in to the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. It's Black and Abdallah. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. We talk Bears football in the NFL, and we're reflecting back on week four. The Bears lose in New York against the Giants 20-12. to as we now kind of turn our sights on week five against the Vikings and also kind of trying to figure out what went wrong against the Giants. I think it starts with what we saw from the offense. 12 points will not get it done. You were in the red zone multiple times and you only get field goals on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields played a little bit better, right? I mean, if we're judging by... I guess the barometer that is the first three games, Justin Fields played better. 11 of 22, 174 yards, no touchdowns like you mentioned, no interceptions, did have fumble. And then, you know, you've got the the ground game, 150 yards, not great, not what we've used to been seeing here in the first three games. And yeah, they, they just couldn't get it done in the end zone. And you could just see from the play calling, they looked scared to throw it in the end zone. It looked like Luke Getze didn't trust his quarterback and didn't trust Justin Fields or whatever the offensive line or whatever, because it, when you look at those looks that the offense was getting in the end zone, the Giants knew they were going to run the ball. I mean, they're three yards out, and they're like, okay, Khalil Herbert's just going to try to mash through the middle here, and it's not going to work because we've stacked the box and we're bringing everybody, and we're going to stop you from getting any ground whatsoever. That's when you need to see the quick slants. That's when you need to go to your tight end. That's when you need like to have Justin Field look around and then maybe – you know, getting shotgun, and then eventually they create some space, and maybe he runs it in. Like, you need to see more creative play calling from the Bears in the red zone because you're right, 12 points is not going to get it done. But also, on the other side, you can't give up 262 yards on the ground. Like, you let the Giants control the game on the ground. You could not stop Saquon Barkley. There was another play, it was like second and 20-something, where he turned an almost tackle for more of a loss than what they were in into a first down. You can't let that kind of stuff happen. This is supposed to be a defensive-minded head uh, head coach with a defensive-minded team. That's supposed to be the strength of this team so far this season, and they didn't show up either. You only gave up 20 points, so you assume in a modern NFL that the Bears would score 21 points would be like that barometer, that like middle ground here. All right score 21 points at least, but they couldn't find the end zone at all. All your points coming from field goals. They failed to score in the fourth quarter, and it was just a bad game all around for the Chicago Bears as their fourth game of the season, and they start this first quarter of the season, whatever it is, the first four games in a 17-game season, 2-2. Two and two. Full accountability. We both thought the Bears would win this game. Of course, yeah. Uh, but with that said, uh, we were wrong. But overall, big picture... The motto on this podcast all summer long from the spring into the summer into training camp into the start of the season is that this team is going to be around 500 all the way until December. There's a Packers game early December. I feel the Bears will be around 500. It will be a make or break game if this team's real or not against the Packers. It's December the 4th at home. I feel like there will be a little hype in the city for that game. I feel we will be let down because the offense will not be good enough. And it'll be the, the same, same old, same old situation for most Bears fans for most of your life. Point being, 
until we get to December the 4th, I think this team is going to be around 500. So through four weeks, the season has played out exactly how we guessed it would back when we were sitting here doing this podcast in August. Yes and no. I mean, I thought that they'd be 2-2, two and two, right? I, you're right. I did think they'd be 2-2, two and two, but I thought it, they would be 0-2 oh heading into these two games against the Texans and the Giants and win those two games. Now, we also said they'd be competitive, they'd be in games. Obviously, they were not in that Packers game. They're still miles away from the Packers, who are still a top-five team in the NFL, right? But They were competitive in this Giants game. They didn't win. It was a one-score game at the end. But it was a game. They had two minutes, and the ball was sent back to them. One-score game. Velas Jones Jr. muffs it, Mm -hmm. so you lose the game. Yes. One-score game, fourth quarter, two minutes, you're in the game, it's competitive, Mm -hmm. and there's reasons for us to kind of sift through the damage from Sunday because things took place and it mattered. It wasn't Giants 31, Bears 6, No, and we could turn off the game at the start of the second quarter. No, it wasn't. And I think that, you know, them being competitive in these games says a lot. We're not making excuses. Like, we're not trying to sugarcoat the loss. The team looked awful. The entire team did not have a good day. Offense, defense. Like, Eddie Jackson was the only one that had a good game, right, with the with his interception. As he's got three on the year right now. So, to me, this is just a, a you have to go back, look in the mirror, and say, hey, we've got a divisional game coming up. They're more important. They mean a lot. If... Like, to me, you're not going to compete with the Packers. You're going to compete with the Lions and the Vikings. So this is the barometer. They're a seven-point dog on the road to the Vikings. And I think if you look into the metrics, into the Vikings, again, we said it before going into the Giants game, (laughs) this is an opportunity for the Bears to open it up a little bit. We were wrong, Abdallah. We were wrong. Wrong. We said it again against the the Texans. Stamped. We're wrong. Well, we were said it against the Texans, too. Yeah. Look at the metrics of their defense. It's true. You should be able to open it up. And they they did with the run game. The run game was successful in the Giants Giants game, or in the uh, Texans game. It was not as successful against the Giants. And I think that they controlled a lot of that game because of Saquon Barkley. Like, Daniel Jones, okay, he had two touchdowns, but he didn't really do anything before he got hurt. He wasn't beating you with his arm. They got down into the red zone, and they called a play, and he was left untouched walking into the end zone. Yes, he had. we talked about it with his legs and how he can beat you with that. But through the air, Daniel Jones was pretty much a non-factor. They beat you with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley beat this football team. And they could not stop the run to save their lives. He was getting four or five yards to carry. It was crazy. You, you cannot. If you're a defensive-minded head coach and you've got this hits principle and you've got supposed to have these studs on defense still with Roquan Smith and with Robert Quinn, that's unacceptable to me. The, the, the offense to me is bad, but it's not as unacceptable as what we saw from the defense. Yeah, and I think uh, there's a whole bunch of different ways we can kind of jump into this. Uh, defensively, you're right. There are major issues. Um, they're not getting to the quarterbacks. Uh, they're not tackling runners. That's a problem. The secondary, because they are so young, they are just lost on many plays, which that's that's a major problem as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Gordon looked terrible. Mm-hmm. I get it. He, it's going to take time, but he looked really bad. Brisker didn't really do anything. Um and, you know, the, the thesis of uh, our show on Monday on Black and Abdallah, my, my thesis idea for, for our A segment, our top, top story, basically was the idea as I'm, I'm watching the game. And, and I, I, watched, I watched the game with you 
for the White Claw Bar Crawl. Mm-hmm. We were there from uh, 12 to 2. And then I wouldn't play golf, but we, we were the only people on the golf course. So I had the phone and the volume, volume up mm-hmm. on the game, and we were watching the game on YouTube TV on my phone. And so I watched it, but I was also you know, stepping out of the cart every couple minutes to go hit a golf ball. But So later at, at night, I watched the full game, and what I kept the conclusion I kept coming to is the all of the decisions Ryan Poles made in the offseason are like red flags and showing you right in the face why this team is losing to a Giants team that they should have been uh, a team that they should have taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. The offense, multiple multiple times, weapons not helping Justin Fields, offensive line getting pushed around. Uh, then you you look at players like uh, the draft picks, all three of the top draft picks, all with with blunders mm-hmm. and and glaring ones, especially with Gordon and then Vilas Jones, and and I just kept coming back to this idea. Okay, well you got the draft picks that you drafted in this. Uh, this is a real rebuild situation. That means those guys have to pop. That didn't go well. Uh, you have a quarterback. You need to figure out whether or not he's the face of the franchise. Yet you didn't give him any weapons in free agency or or really through the draft to this point because Vilas Jones hasn't done anything, and Braxton Jones. I mean, we'll we'll figure that out, but I don't I don't know, right? Yeah. Like fifth round player starting at ta- at tackle, mm-hmm. like who knows if that's actually gonna work in the long run? And you certainly didn't do anything in free agency to help the quarterback, so he's he's running around trying to make plays but getting smashed, getting hit way too much. And then, on top of it, the way the game played out, you have an ultra-conservative, defensive-minded head coach. We've talked about it at length. The Bears are the only team in the NFL in the last coaching cycle that went out of their organization and hired a defensive-minded head coach. They're the only team. And that trend may swing back at some point. But unfortunately, the entire league is built off of the success of a quarterback and the relationship of the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, and the head coach. Look at all the great teams. None of them are, here's a great defense with a strong running game and a crappy quarterback. It's all great quarterbacks leading the way. And yeah, there's a couple of average quarterbacks. So We don't have to break down each and every guy because I know that the Bears face the Vikings. The Vikings lead the division, and I don't think Kirk Cousins... Is a great quarterback. No, but he's not. The point being is that everyone else went offense. The Bears went defense, of course, once again. And then you have this ultra-conservative approach in a game that you could have won and you score 12 points, you only kick field goals, you're not even going for it on fourth downs. To me, it just it was just a glaring uh, example to Ryan Poles. Like, finally, we can, like, kind of start to look at some of the moves that he's made and have an opinion on it. And to, to be honest, I think Sunday was a major disappointment in the, the upward trajectory of this team. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fair to judge Vilas Jones yet. He They didn't put him in on any uh, on any offensive plays. That's on Getze to put him in there. Like, especially late, you need he's supposed to be your speedster. He's supposed to be your fast guy. That's all I was heard. It's like, okay, he's a little bit older. They're drafting him, but he's really fast. Okay, well, where? Why isn't he on the field uh, at the end of the game when you've got forty-five, you know, seconds left, and you're trying to go down the field as fast as possible? He's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to take the top off the defense. He was not out there. 
Jaquan Brisker, to be fair, did have the lone sack and a tackle for a loss. Okay. So like he he's playing. I think he had a, he had a bad he had an okay game. I don't think he had a bad game. He's been the one shining light so far uh, of the, that draft class so far. Uh, you know, Kyler Gordon did have a bad game. He had a bunch of penalties. He got burnt a few times. And that's only going to get worse against a quarterback, even like Kirk Cousins, who just knows how to pick on you. Like, Kirk Cousins isn't great. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but he can pick on you just like Aaron Rodgers can. Like, he's he's going to take advantage of that matchup. Hopefully, Jalen Johnson can come back and play this weekend because I think that takes some pressure off of Kyler Gordon because, you know, they can move around a little bit or at least, you know, he's getting different looks. So it was a, it was a bad look for Ryan Poles. But again, this is still a team that's not competing for anything. You're still developing these guys. Like you're not going to take Kyler Gordon off the field. He's going to learn on the job. That's not the the, the, I'm the not, point. I know the that's point not is not saying. playing him. The point is that's how you use your draft picks, and you knew your quarterback had no weapons, and there were wide receivers available that could have started to develop something with a quarterback, namely. Uh, someone that you could have drafted, like a George Pickens. Mm-hmm. He went 52nd in the second round to mm-hmm. the Steelers. Sky Moore go, goes to Kansas City at 54. Um, there are names out there that the Bears passed up on. Oh, yeah. They took a wide receiver in the third round, Vilas Jones Jr. He hasn't played at all offensively. Finally is there available. Can't even get a snap on the offensive side of the ball. That's a That's a red flag. He can't even, like, because, you know, the, the Bears have world beaters at wide receiver. Yeah. Oh, they don't. No, 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 no I'm saying, no, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing no, I with know, you. They but don't. I'm, just, I'm letting those who, who are not following the, the, the sarcasm. Yeah. So you're telling me he couldn't even get a snap offensively in his first game, and he was your number one offensive pick that you, you took in the third round. Well, if I'm polls, I'm going into Getsy's office and be like, what the hell are you doing? He was healthy. If he's back returning punts for us, why isn't he out there? Well, right, and like, okay, perhaps you give him 10 or 12 snaps offensively. Maybe he doesn't have the, the jitters when he's back there trying to make a play mm-hmm. when you have a chance to, to win a football game, mm-hmm. and then, then you don't get them off. No, I agree with you, and I wanted them to do more in the draft. I wanted them to do more in the offseason. I thought they should have you know, made an offer to the Seahawks to try to get DK Metcalf because you know they're 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 putting up a ton of points, but I, I think we all agree that, that it's not sustainable, that they're not going to be one of these better teams in the NFL. So I think that you needed to help Justin Fields more. And I, and I think we're seeing now, and people are starting to come around to the belief that this isn't all on Justin Fields. Like, they didn't give him anything. You know, Darnell Mooney's a three at best on a lot of teams. You know, like, you're, you're not playing to his strengths. He's got no time back there when he's trying to throw. Like, when you're looking at it, I mean, think about it. Count to three in your head. That's how long he has to make a decision. Three seconds. And then he's got to let the ball go. And if he doesn't have a, you know, 300-pound defensive end in his face, he's got to try to make a throw. So the, the, the offensive line has been good, you know, pushing forward when they need to run block. They haven't been good in pass block for him. But he still needs to be better. Like, everyone overall just needs to be better. Like, that's the theme of this. Everyone just needs yeah. to be better. Well, you all need to do better. <laughs> on on the rewatch uh, situation, as you as you sit there and see it, like in the second half, it, it wasn't really necessarily as if the Bears' um, offense was atrocious, right? They get a, they get a field goal on the first drive, nine plays, fifty eight yards. They have the ball for four minutes. Uh, Fourteen twelve Giants. 
Uh, the next possession, the Bears go three and out punt. Uh, and the they lose a yard. But the the three and out in the punt was there was a penalty on Komet, offensive holding ten mm-hmm. yards. So immediately you're at first and twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, not only is the offense not good enough, but then if you're consistently uh, having issues on first down with penalties, and Komet, Komet by the way has been terrible. Yeah. He has been awful through mm-hmm. four games. Okay, so that possession, second possession of the, the third quarter, you punt three and out, you had a penalty. Uh, third possession, three plays, three and out, uh, four, yeah, three and out. And you, like, just nothing really happens, but I'll say this one of the best throws of the day from Fields, I think, happened. In the, the third possession, it was third and four at the 30. Fields goes left to Pettis over the top, and mm-hmm. Pettis drops it. That was yeah. a good throw from Justin Fields. Yeah, it was. He stepped up into the pocket. He made a, a decision to a wide receiver who was covered. And he put it in a spot where only the, the wide receiver could get at it, and Pettis dropped it. Okay, so that's not on the quarterback. Three and out. Okay. We then move on to the next one, another three and out. And the Bears basically just like run it twice and then they try and throw it on on third and short and they don't get the job done. And like that's basically the second half. Like I don't feel as if Fields really had opportunities in the second half because they had the penalty and they they really didn't they didn't do anything. And I know someone will probably come back and be like, yeah, they didn't do anything because the quarterback didn't make the plays. But I didn't watching the game a second time, I did not feel like Justin Fields was bad. I just felt like nothing was really working and they just couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah, they were they were rushing him a lot. They were basically now through three games going into this Giants game, teams know how to stop this team. Like it's very easy to stop this team. But after the Packers game, Fields looked bad. And against Texas? No, against the Packers. Against oh, after you said after the Packers game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the Packers yeah. game, he, he looked, looked bad. bad. And he looked bad the week after that and too. Against the Texans, he he looked bad yeah. at times as well. Yeah, I don't feel as if he looked bad against the Giants. I think the rest of the offense was yeah. pretty bad on Sunday. No, they're definitely not helping him out. And when you look at you know the the uh, the team stats, like the Giants didn't do a lot more. The total yards three hundred four to three thirty three. Passing, they had less passing yards, but that's because they ran out of quarterbacks at some point. The major discrepancy is they controlled the clock by running the ball, and not even by that much. It's only like by two minutes. They were just more successful. You went 0 for 3 in the red zone. You have to be more creative in the red zone. Like Luke Getze was supposed to be this, I know he's just the quarterback's coach, but you're in all those offensive meetings. You're supposed to know how to shape an offense, and they rebuilt this whole offense around Justin Fields' strengths. I haven't seen any of that yet. I haven't seen, oh, this is what Justin Fields is good at, and they do that 10 times a game to get him easy completions to get first downs or to pick up five yards or to do this. Like, they're not structuring the play calling to what he does well. And what he does well is roll out of the pocket or, you know, if he needs to have a clean pocket, he needs time, basically. If he has time, whether he's rolling out or he's standing in shotgun, then he can be successful. And as of right now, they're not either blocking for him in shotgun so he can have the time back there, or they're not rolling him out enough, and he's not seeing the field or guys aren't getting open. So they haven't really 
fixated on one thing to just guarantee them like a quick play. Like you know, like watching the Chiefs game, right, on Sunday night, when the Chiefs need three, four yards, like they have a go-to play. Like it's 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 a quick throw to Travis Kelsey, or it's like an under, it's like a shovel pass or something like that. And these yeah. guys just block and they they get, oh, we need two yards for a first down? Done. Two yards for a first down. Like they know what their team does well. I don't think this team knows what it does well yet. Well, and to that point, how many things do they do well? Not a lot. They run the ball they, okay. They run the ball. They run the ball well when it's between the tackles with Montgomery or Herbert. Mm-hmm. They don't run the ball well when they're trying to go on the edges and have wide receivers blocking. No, Pettis, St. Brown, Komet. Komet has been so bad. Mm-hmm. If Komet is in a situation where he has to set a key block to to get the playoff, he it doesn't happen. No. It gets busted in the backfield. He's been terrible. So. Yeah, you're right. I don't I don't think they really have many plays that they can go to. Like we're going back to the same conversations we had last year. Where it's like what's your identity? Yeah, well the identity is they can run the football. It's just as the game progresses and you don't throw down the field, you get the eight, nine in the box, and then each run that you go to that in the first half you were getting seven yards of, of running in, mm-hmm. in the second half you're getting three. And then another two, and then you're sitting at, you know, third and five, if not more. Mm -hmm. And in those situations, they don't have something. Well, Montgomery being out hurts a lot, too, just because you don't have your change of pace that you could go with, with Montgomery, 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 and then Herbert for a couple runs, then back to Montgomery, and then go to Herbert a little bit. Like, you don't have that anymore. Like, that's eliminated. You know, you're basically a one back team when we see that the teams that do have a lot of success running the football have two backs like you're going to see that on Sunday against the Vikings you see it against the Cowboys in a few weeks like every team now basically has two very good running backs that they can use so you're not using one guy the entire I mean if you look at the breakdown here Khalil Herbert carried the ball 19 times for 77 yards Justin Fields was next with seven and Tristan Ebner had six carries for 20 yards like you need you need David Montgomery back not just because not because he's so much better than Khalil Herbert but because you need those two guys to be going at the same time yeah and that's I mean so he needs to come back as soon as he can because that's having Khalil Herbert out there I would say the same if Khalil Herbert was hurt and it was just Montgomery and then Fields and then Ebner like you need two. if that's going to be your identity you need two solid running backs and it sucks that Montgomery's hurt yeah, and I would also say uh, enough with Justin Fields running. Uh, he has been hit way too many times Dude. through four weeks. He is going to get hurt, and this whole thing is going to be set backwards. Mm-hmm. Stop running the ball with Fields. Uh, if he makes a play where he knows he has green grass in front of him and he can get down and slide, I'll take the late hit and the penalty added on to those runs. Sure. I'm not concerned about that. It's annoying, and it's it's odd that the league, like, half the time doesn't even call the late hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd be fine with that. Enough with fighting through defenders to get more yardage or the designed runs. Yeah. He is going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You say he got his ankle rolled up on. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. And then this is all going to be so obnoxious because yeah. we're going to want answers, need answers, want to watch Pierce football. No. Well, he's missing Trevor six Simeon. games, so sorry. Here's Trevor Simeon. Right. L- enough. Enough with that. Designed runs. Uh, the If he scrambles and he's out on the edge, 
and he sees downfield that the defenders are 15, 20 yards downfield, and he can just take off green grass, yeah, go for it. Try and make a play that way. Now, give, a, give us a little Lamar Jackson action. Yeah, that's fine. And the good news is, too, I mean, I think the rest, again, I'll say it, you know, we'll get more in depth into the Vikings on Thursday, but the Vikings is winnable because of their defense. They're going to put up points, and they're going to control the clock because they can run the ball, and you can't stop the run right now. You're one of the worst defenses against the run right now. So you need to find a way to control the game somehow and keep your defense off the field. But then Washington, New England, Dallas, the next four games are still manageable, I would say. Miami does look tough. We'll see if two is back by then or not. Um, Detroit, I still think, is manageable. People are like, oh, my God, look at Detroit. Look at They're one and three still. Like, they're still one and three. Talk yep. to me when Detroit starts winning games, when they stop shooting themselves in the foot, and when they stop you know, blowing leads or like, yeah, they can score, but they also can't stop anybody. So I'm not, I'm not buying in on, on the Lions just yet until they are above 500. They're one and three. And then you've got Atlanta, the Jets, and then the Packers again. You're right. To me, at least five of those games are manageable and should be close in a one-score game. And you should see more from the offense. Like, you should go in and say, all right, before we get to Green Bay, Philly, and Buffalo... Because that's going to be a mess. Like no. that, that is going to be yeah. a mess. But until you get to that point, I want to see more from this. Open it up. Like you, you, at this point, I, I was of the, all right, well, if running the ball works, then keep running the ball. But running the ball was, wasn't working. Because everybody knows you can only run the ball. So they're going to stack the box and they're going to bring everybody and you're not going to be able to run the ball. So you have to do something else. You can't be calling this conservative a game plan when everyone knows you're going to be doing it. Green Bay, Philly, Buffalo might be the three hardest uh, opponents that you can put down on a schedule. Yeah. Like the only, like swap out Green Bay for Kansas City, and that's Oof. probably the, the hardest three-pack, right? Yeah. They, already be, they beat the Chiefs this year. Don't worry about it. It's preseason. They beat them. All right. Uh, Matt Eberflus <laughs> on Monday, he spoke to the media and he talked about what stood out that he thinks the team can improve on. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's there was a, a few plays out there yesterday that were certainly that, um, you know, us not executing, us not playing the way we do business. And uh, we'll get that cleaned up. You know, if there's a few plays, obviously those boot plays by the quarterback, you know, those are certainly things we have to clean up. And then, the, you know, the quarterback keepers, you know, on those situational downs, you know, whether this zone read quarterback keepers, we got to do a better job with that too as well. Eberflus also talked about uh, whether or not he was happy with the end of the game management uh, from a head coaching standpoint against the Giants. No, I think it was, I think it was good. You know, we had the, the third and two and a half-ish right there, and we ended up not getting that, so we decided to punt. Um, at that point, at 3:04, you know, we got him pinned down there. What a great punt that was! It rolled, and we certainly got a good bounce there uh, to get him down to that four-yard line. You know, and we banged two timeouts. You know, right there, and you know, that, you know, waste minimal time. We let it run on third down. You know, so we because we saw the time on the clock with the two-minute, and we would have got the ball at 2:01, probably around the 45 or 50-yard line. You know, so to me, that's how I look at it. You know, so that's that's just operation. You know, and game management. You know, to the best of our ability, again, it's hard. You know, it's hard, but we did a nice job there yesterday and uh, gave ourselves a chance to go down and score and get a two-point conversion. Um, and then the young man, uh, Velas, obviously, you know, uh, has to learn, you know, the fundamentals of it and do a better job, which he did during the course of the week, uh, day, just not on that one. He just got to get himself under the ball, like he said, after the in the, in the, in the locker room and squeeze his elbows together and, and be squared away there.
you know, so um, he's an explosive player and a dynamic player. So uh, he'll, he'll learn from that. Oh, he's got to get the fundamentals right. <laughs> Didn't he return punts and kicks in college? Wasn't that his yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. That's why you drafted him, no? I mean, if, if back to, you know, at the start of this podcast, if the wide receiver you selected is only going to play special teams, no, he can't, ha- he can't have mistakes like this. And it's a complete waste of a draft pick because this dude has to be a difference maker, but also a legit wide receiver for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have Tariq Cohen 2.0 back there. Just little gimmick returns every once in a while in a blue moon. And no. then the other half of the time, because he thinks he's Devin Hester, he's running backwards. Yeah. You know, if they did the, the, the tracking, player tracking on Tariq Cohen, I guarantee you, without any uh, backing up statistically, <laughs> which I know Roderick Jane's in the uh, Twitch chat loves when people say things like this, and I'm joking, but I guarantee you 100% stamp, Tariq Cohen in his NFL career ran backwards more than he ran forwards. He might have. Stamped. He might have. One 100% thing, stamped. One thing I'm glad 100% about. 100% stamped. One thing I'm glad about special teams this week, <laughs> the Bears finally got the memo that you get more yards. If you just let the ball go Stamp. through the end zone, Stamp. then if you try to run it out. Ugh. I don't know why it took them three games to figure this out. For some head coaching staff. Dude, they ran it out every yeah. se- and never got to the 25. I know. They were like never. the 18, 17. Yeah. I'm usually yeah, not that guy because I'm like, stamp okay, it. well, create, you're trying to create something, whatever. I get no. that. No, it's but dumb. like, it's never worked. Stamped. Ugh. Stamp it. Guarantee. Stamp. Dead, deadlock. Uh, stamped. Stamp. Clown show of the week. Stamped. <laughs> no, they, they fixed it, though. No, no, I'm saying like uh, what, like clown, clown car picks of the week stamped. <laughs> I wish I had the 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 the, the clown horn. Clown horn. Uh, I do. I do want to address something that Eberflus did say there. Uh, the idea fourth and two from the 45, three fifteen left in the fourth quarter, and you punt. You give the football away. Okay, it worked. And he's right. The way he said the end of game management, uh, they pin the Giants back, three and out. Mm-hmm. They force a punt with two thirteen left. Mm-hmm. So they only lost a minute and two seconds. Two thirteen more than enough time to go on a uh, a drive to try and win the football game. Uh, I don't believe the Bears had three timeouts though, right? No, because in order to get that, if it was three fifteen to two fifteen. They would have had to use their timeouts. They had. Uh, they only had one timeout left and when the, they when they they only had one timeout left with two thirteen plus a two minute so warning. Yeah. That's more than enough. Yeah, because you, you like Eberflu said, you would have been around the fifty yard line. Would have been more than enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question to you: Do you prefer this logic that you will have a defensive stand and get the football back under four minutes? Or should you view the way teams run to minute drills as uh, it's kind of like when people say uh, uh, 50 is the new 30 yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, is is four the new two minute? Well, should you be in a situation at 315 at fourth and two from the 45 saying we have to go for it here because mm-hmm. there's no guarantee we'll get the ball back with only three minutes and 15 seconds left on the clock and one, and one timeout? Hmm. Or uh, with with all three of your timeouts, but uh, trying to manipulate it so you have time left over. Uh, It depends, right? So the situation the Bears were looking at is the Giants had no quarterbacks. 
They were running the ball with Saquon Barkley, and that was it, right? Not even attempting to throw the football. Like, he was literally back there in the Wildcat getting the direct snap. So in that situation, I think it's fine because they're one-dimensional. Their quarterback can't run because he's hurt. Their backup quarterback is also hurt. They're just snapping it. So you know what you have to do. They're one. They're literally one-dimensional. Not like this fake one-dimensional where like, oh, well, they've got Roethlisberger back there. He can't run, right? Like literally one-dimensional, it's fine to me. Now, if you had been going against the Packers, you better be going for it. If you had been going against the – if it happens again this weekend against the Vikings, you better be going for it. But I think in that situation, I'm fine with it because you pin them back. They're in their, they're close to their own end zone. You're like, I know you have to stop the run three times. That's it. Stop the run three times because they can't do anything else. But if you have a court, if like if Daniel Jones was fully healthy and he can use his legs and all that kind of stuff, I would have said go for it because you don't know. They, they've been able to move the ball uh, uh, around the field, down the field the whole game. But in that specific situation, I was okay with it. Okay. Let me change the situation a little bit. Same down in distance, same time on the clock, fourth and two, 315 left. Gill punts it. It hits at the three. Instead of it getting downed at the three, it bounces in, into the end zone, touchback. Now the Giants have the football at the 25-yard line. I mean, I still think that you're thinking of they can't run, they can't do anything. We'll still have two minutes and change left the two-minute warning and one timeout, we can still stop the run three times. Like, all we have to do is stop them three times. You fire up your defense, whatever, and you do all the rah-rah BS, and you call it there and you stop the run three times. I still think I would have punted it. I mean, because in that situation, they don't know that they're going to down the ball at the three. Yeah, that, that's my point is because uh, the way Eberflus kind of laid that out, yeah. When, if you can pin the team at the 30... I don't think it matters. I think that your, your two scenarios don't matter because... And I'm not saying your two scenarios don't matter. I'm saying that your two scenarios, the outcome is the same for me because regardless of the situation, the team is still one-dimensional. Right. And right. you can still stop them. And even then, what? You get the ball back, you punt, you get the yeah, ball back I, at like your 30, your 35? I think you're right on this. I think because the Giants showed in, in the fourth quarter that they couldn't throw the football, you, you could rely on this idea that you'll give the possession up, but you'll get it back. Yeah. Against a team with a quarterback with 315 left at fourth and two, I think you have to go for it. And I'm talking any quarterback, anybody. Yeah, like any any threat. And no, dude, any Uh, uh, rush against the Cowboys, uh, the Commanders. Dude, I'm saying anybody that that you can do more than just – like they legit – Daniel Jones was just like – he was a decoy. He was out lined up at wide receiver. Like they couldn't do anything. I I would say like that's what surprised – fourth and two, giving the football back with three minutes and 15 seconds left on the clock, down eight. That's tough to do because you need multiple possessions. Mm -hmm. Say you can't get into the end zone, right? You need the football back. Well, yeah, you have to kick the field goal and then try to right, or you like, just keep right, going. Right. I guess. So, like, and I, I, I don't know. Like, or are we thinking about this the wrong way? Like, we play Madden and uh, you don't want to end the game 
with three minutes and 15 seconds left on the clock, right? You go for a fourth and two, you're at the 45, you turn the football over. The game's over. You basically have ended the game right there with time left on the clock. Well, I mean, you would still have all your timeouts and the two-minute warning. So, But from the 45, they would they'd have to gain... St- but it's the same situation. Seven yards to kick a field goal? It's the same situation, right? though, because... Like, well, no, you would have had to stop them three times again. No, no, no. I'm saying for the Giants, you stop them three times. If they gain eight yards, but they don't get the first down, yeah, that would put them at the 37 yard well, line. You Gano could kick missed, a, you could kick a, a field goal. He missed there. a 35 yarder at the end of the game. No, I know, right? And and what I'm saying is, okay, 37 yard field goal. So, uh, what I'm saying is that. You give them an opportunity to move the score to eleven points. Yeah, you and there's do. no guarantee they make that field goal. No. But you give them the opportunity that you just went from a one-score game. I think or that's trying why, to make it less than a one-score. I think that's why it's the right decision to to punt it there. Yeah, which I hate. That's tough, right? Like but with three fifteen left, but, but that's you, tough. But you have to look at the situation. Like if I just give you two a blank situation, you know, you're down eight. Fourth and two at the 45-yard line, you're like, oh, go for it. But if I tell you there's no quarterback, they have, they don't have a backup quarterback, they don't have a backup backup quarterback, they're literally just snapping it to Saquon and hoping that he can get some yards, you're like, oh, well, okay, I can see that. Just try to pin them back. Hopefully you make a great punt, which they did, and then you down the ball at the three-yard line, which they did, and then you stop the clock three times, which they did, and then you try to get the ball back. And had they not... Had they not Muff the punt. Had Vales Jones not muffed the punt, like that's the exact scenario we were talking about all summer going into this situation. Yeah. There's going to be opportunities where this team is down and Justin Fields has the ball with two minutes left and they're driving, and that's what we're going to find out about this team. Is like, okay, yeah. they're good, but they're not they're not good, but they can compete and they might be in a game-winning situation or game-tying situation at the end of games. And had they not muffed the punt, that's exactly what we would have seen. Yeah, 100 percent and that's what was so frustrating about mm-hmm. the situation from Sunday. They they were exactly how we thought this would play out. And then it's this sink or swim moment we need from Fields. Yeah. Right? Like, he goes out there and throws a pick on the first attempt. Okay. Well, clearly this is going in the wrong direction. Yep. But if somehow he finds Komet over the middle, next play he finds Mooney on the sideline, he scrambles for seven yards, mm-hmm. and then he finds someone in the back of the end zone, it's like, all right, there you go. This is what we needed to see from the quarterback. But. Even if they even if they score and they go for two and they they fail and they lose by two, you're like, all right, well, they yeah. had the ball with two minutes left and he drove down the field 80 yards and they still like they still had a chance. Well, you say this is what the other quarterbacks are doing. Yeah, like, exactly. It's how the rest of the league works. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've talked about this accordion effect with the the red zone. You know, games start first second quarter. You're you're like one one thirty two o'clock. And then the witching hour happens, and, and the games that were big leads now start getting tight. And mm-hmm. every everyone around 235 to 315, all the games are within a score, and teams are coming back. And it's like, how do you do that? Well, mm-hmm. it's how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw it happen with the Bills this weekend. We saw it happen with the Eagles this weekend. Now, those are two of the two best, like literally the two best teams in the NFL. But that's what you want to see. You see, okay, now we've got a chance. Two minutes left. Fields has the ball at the 30-yard, 35-yard line. Like, he's got to go. 65 yards, and we'll see what he can do. Yeah, especially if you're playing the Ravens. 
uh, because their defense just gives up scores. Listen. At all costs. Again, a preview of Thursday's preview of the Vikings. If you're going to do something this week, if you're going to do something, Justin Fields, this is going to be the week. Thursday, we will break down Vikings and the Bears. Uh, So tune in and uh, check it out for the next edition here of the Bear Down podcast. Black and Abdallah, check us out on Black and Abdallah, weeknights 6 to 8. The Bear Down podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk to you Thursday.